It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Playing some Bruno Mars, I am both uptown and funky, aren't I not? Are I not John Barchard? <laughs> That you are. That you are, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, basically, we're thinking it's more probable, most plausible, and uh, we think you're generally aware of what's going on at Philadelphia Eagles and the three-day rookie camp. First of all, is it even worth having these rookie camps? I asked Neil Kulong the same question. I'll tell you his answer after I hear yours. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, as far as like the fans' perspective and what we have going on, uh, the rookie camps are, I, if, I don't know how it is with the Steelers, but it's pretty much closed off to all the media here in Philadelphia. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just getting everybody together and making sure everything's okay. And the best part of everything, and I know Dante Flower uh, has already gone through the stuff is just to stay healthy and no, nobody, you know, gets lost for the season. But in that, in that, in that light though, I mean, yeah, you want everybody to be on the same page and so forth. I understand that. But, uh, when you look at what happened in Denver, or when you look at what happened yeah. in Jacksonville, uh, and I know injuries can happen at any time. It can happen, you know, walking out of the studio. It can happen walking across the street just as easily as it can happen on a football field. But for three days just to get everybody together, football, you know, in shorts, uh, it seems like a risk that I don't know if it's worth it for my football team. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to kind of go in through and, and do all those things. I think it's really important that they come together. I think what's different about the situation that happened in Jacksonville, and maybe I'm just looking into this too much, and maybe the CBA, you know, has different rules in place, and the NFPA wants to look at what Jacksonville's doing. It looked like they were going pretty full speed for them to be in, you know, shorts and shorts and shells there. So I'm okay with getting just everybody familiar with, you know, the playbooks and, and everything like that. I just think it's... Uh, it, it, with that kind of investment that everybody kind of goes through, um, and, and all that kind of different stuff, when you're coming out of there, I don't, I don't think you should be doing anything at all. You know, I know that, I know the CBA's changed a little bit where even if you get injured, you can't, there, there, you still have to negotiate a, a contract and, and all that other stuff because then it just gets real crazy. They could opt out of it and just re-enter the draft the next year. So I, I don't mind it so much. I know those things kind of happen from time to time. I just think, when when things like ha- happen with Fowler, it's really disappointing to see, and obviously for you know, uh, especially for those fans down there, because they've been you know craving craving some form of, of great <laughs> players uh, down there 
Um, but it's it's a, it's always a tricky situation uh, with with ACL tears and guys that you lose for the entire year. I'm not sure how you correct that either. You know, and you're you're not sure how how in shape these rookies are when they come to camp. You're not, uh, you know, uh, some of their work ethic. And I'm not saying that these guys didn't work out or, or anything like that. It's just the beginning of of their first NFL training, so you don't know exactly what they're doing to prep beforehand, too. So it, it's a, it's a really tough situation because you want to get rookies acquainted with playbooks and things like that, but you also take those risks of this happening, and it seems that, you know, whether you're a veteran or a rookie, it seems that somebody always gets that terrible run of injuries uh, up and uh, through the summertime here. And that's pretty much the same scene that Neil Kulong was talking about as far as the merit of having the rookie camp, the three-day rookie camp, uh, talking about, you know, getting the rookies familiar with the system, maybe, you know, meeting some of the coaches that they might not have met during interviews uh, leading right. up to the draft, you know, uh, getting, learning some of the terminology involved, that kind of thing. So there, there's obviously, you know, is a positive to it, but it, it's tough to balance that negative when the negative happens to somebody like it did in Jacksonville sure. or Denver. Uh, as far as uh, what you talked about this morning on, on the two-minute drill, uh, if you yep. would, just reiterate that a little bit, and then we'll get into it a little more. Oh, well, sure. I mean, there's, there's, you know, that's the thing that's kind of, it's the offseason. Players got shuffled around. Obviously, it was busy for Chip Kelly. Like, he wanted, he's, it's his GM spot. He wants to move and shape the team how he sees fit. And, you know, when these things come across, uh, Sean McCoy coming out, and I, I actually forget who he exactly was talking to, but it was ESPN Buffalo reporter that was there that, you know, reiterated, it seems like he gets rid of, the you know, the players fast, especially the good black ones. Now, this is something that's obviously blatantly, suggestively racist, that Chip Kelly is, doesn't like good black players, which is astoundingly odd to me, a statement, to you, you know, that you make like that. It seems like it's much more of a, a salty nature that you traded him for a guy with an ACL tear, you know, that's a, that's a linebacker. And granted, LaShawn McCoy is definitely one of the best backs in the league, but then he replaces LaShawn McCoy with DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews. Uh, you know, DeMarco Murray, obviously, everybody knows him because he was the NFL rushing leader. So technically, I mean, he's the better player there that he replaced him with. Um, I, I, I think it's – and the same thing, too. I mean, Deshaun Jackson also didn't come out and say anything like that, but was also suggesting that, you know, well, hey, we're on the better teams now, and from here on out, both of our teams are going to, you know, be better than the Eagles and all this other stuff. I think that there's just a lot of, uh, you know, different kind of – attention with those two guys i know there's a couple other former players that kind of felt the same way as far as their release i know Trent cole wasn't too happy about being released and not being able to rene- renegotiate a contract and all that stuff but you know you just look at the eagles roster and it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't really make sense to me mm-hmm. you know they re-signed D'Amico ryan's who's been like a leader there the chip kelly loves him um and in, and in my opinion and i think a, a, a bunch of others jason peters is probably the best player that's on that football team so um, uh, I don't think they got rid of any kind of talent that, that Chip Kelly didn't want. I mean, if you look at the crew that they brought in here, uh, I, I think the team is far better than what it was. So, again, I don't think it's ever been a racial thing. And it, it kind of I don't know, it upsets me that it's that. I mean, in my personal belief here, uh, Haas, is that the NFL does have a racial tension problem. Sure, of course. That's evident to me. I just think using Chip Kelly as a springboard to talk about it is stupid. And I think that when you kind of do those things, it, it just, you know, 
it, it, it's, uh, it makes, uh, it's just a bad springboard, I guess is what I'm just trying to say there. Yeah, and uh, the I one think, thing, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry, sorry, John, sorry go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, the only other thing I'll say is, it, it's still up in the air, and I don't mind people drawing the conclusion, because Riley Cooper's still on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was up to me, he would have been cut immediately. Like, I, I, I can't, I don't tolerate that stuff with, with any of my friends, let alone the, the guys that I cheer for. So that's still kind of a mystery, too, and why they decided to re-sign him, and this is after a year. So if you want to bring up the, the culture aspect of the locker room and all that stuff, I, I understand why you want to jump to that conclusion, and I think it's important for Chip Kelly now. Like, Stephen A. Smith and all that stuff had brought this up, too, you know, on first take, who I, who I absolutely just personally cannot stand. Right. Uh, him or, or Skip Bayless. So it's it's just... When when it's that stuff, I think you dismiss it. But then you know Trey Thomas, who is a former coach and a longtime Eagle here, suggests it. Then Lashawn McCoy, your former player, the All Star, big platform, suggests it. Um, I was I, I didn't really think that Chip Kelly had to address any of the stuff because I thought it was stupid. But now that you have former player, you have a former coach, I think it's important for him to come out and say something about this, uh, even though I don't think he's going to do it. Right, you're you're uh, obviously more in touch with the situation uh, than I am down there. But looking at big picture, and like I said, there's obviously you know racism is a huge problem, whether it's in the NFL or just across the nation or across the world. But I really think that some people, and I'm not specifically targeting any race here, use that as a crutch sometimes when they don't get their way. Sure, sure, and I think that's where a lot. I think it's that type of frustration of of where I mean I can kind of see that from Lashawn's perspective too. You know, I'm a, I'm a white guy. Like, I, I have no idea what it's like to be in, in, in black skin. But I know it's easier to be white in this country. Sure. And that's, that's just my personal belief. So uh, I, I, I don't know what his perspective is on that, but I do agree with you. I do think it's out of spite. I do think it's out of, you know, why, why would you trade me? I am, I am the superstar here. And you're trading me for a guy that's injured because of, you know, Oregon and the Oregon bias and all this other stuff. And I think that narrative... Is, is more or less what he wants to attack, and that's how it kind of came out. But, you know, him and Deshaun and Michael Kendricks, they're all very talented players. I love them on any football team that I was probably coaching, but we don't know what exactly happens behind that locker room. Um, and I think that's where kind of people just draw their conclusions uh, when it comes to stuff like this, because Chip Kelly doesn't only talks when he wants to talk. And that's something I didn't really believe in. A couple of months ago, you know, I, I, I don't care what he really says, just go win, win, the, win the games, win the football teams. It makes it more interesting for me as a fan and somebody that covers the team to try and figure out what Chip Kelly's doing because we can have a lot of fun with it. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but when it comes to this type of stuff, uh, I, I, I think you, you have to draw the line at the player and just to say, all right, we have to address this situation because it's, it's going to keep you know, perpetually continuing like this until we do. And we've seen it, not necessarily with the Eagles, but we've seen it in in all lines of sport where maybe the most talented player or one of the stars on the team uh, is not asked to come back because they're, uh, the word I'm, I want to say, I'm not going to say, but they're, uh, shall we say, a disruptive influence in the locker room. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and I, I think that, um, and and again, I don't I don't know how disruptive he was right. there. I just don't think it's a good. They didn't really have a good relationship, and he addressed that too. Sean McCoy said that. I don't think Chip Kelly's ever going to come out, and he certainly didn't with Deshaun. He certainly didn't with any of the players that he's moved on from. You know, he always praises them in the media. I don't know exactly what he does behind closed doors. I'm sure he gets mad. <laughs> I'm sure he slams the door and flips out on people, <laughs> but we never see that side of him. Um, but it's, I, you know, 
it's um, it, it, the more disturbing thing to me in the NFL really is that you really, they literally had to take a, a rule to make sure that they interview African American coaches. Like mm-hmm. they had to institute a Rooney rule for that. I think there's still a distinction and a problem, a big problem that you can't have minority coaches in here without that, and that's disturbing to me. And I also think there's a stigma towards African-American quarterbacks. I still think that's here regardless of what happens, because you see the comparisons between, you know, if it's a, if it's a bad quarterback who happens to be black, the automatic, most of the time, gets compared to Jamarcus Russell. If he's good, it's Warren Moon, or it's, you know, Cam Newton, or, or, or any of that stuff, and they can't compare him to anybody other outside of the race, which is, Again, serving in the scouting and the media and all that other stuff. I think that's something that we can all just be aware of and try and change and educate. You know, I, I and and just just from my perspective, I'm not an expert on any of that stuff. I just know what I know, um, and it's uh, it, it just again it upsets me that I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm just sad mm-hmm. that the Supreme Court is Chip Kelly. Right, and and I think it's it's getting better generationally as well. Uh, let's you you brought up quarterback. We'll just make a real quick right turn. Uh, there's another quarterback. <laughs> there's another quarterback that's in the news today. We're waiting for some news from him. Uh, that would be Tom Brady. Uh, okay, you're the commissioner. What are you doing? I think uh, he should have a uh, sixteen to nineteen game punishment and. <laughs> be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what I think. <laughs> That's a great call. I love that call. You know, and then I draft him, and then he would be the best player of all time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just run wild. Like, I've always dreamed, of, like, what if Aaron Rodgers was in this offense? What if Sam Newton was in this offense? What if Tom Brady was in this offense? They'd put up ridiculous, adding, you know, wiffle ball numbers, and I would just enjoy the heck out of it. So, yeah, I'll take Tom Brady on my team as a punishment. Good I call. I think that's a good punishment. Good call. Yeah. Uh, let's let's take that as as reasonable as that seems. Let's take that <laughs> off the table. And, uh, again, if you were the commissioner, what would, what do you think you would do? I, 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 it's, man, well, if I were the commissioner, I guess I would, I don't know, slap on the wrist two games. You know, like, hey, man, uh, you won that game by, you know, 40 some odd points, uh, don't do that again. You know, I, I, I just think that there is, uh, again, with the whole Spygate thing, with the whole the slate gate, with the whole all, all this stuff, a lot of teams do it. And I'm not saying that that justifies what the Patriots did. If you get caught for it, you should get punished for it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's uh, – they're a great football team. You know, they had, mm. they had a great secondary. They should have been there. Um I mean, maybe if it goes back to, I, I can't remember who pointed it out, but somebody had, you know, that stat from 2006 or whatever saying, you know, hey, look at the amount of <laughs> non-fumbles they've had at right. home, mm-hmm. and it keeps decreasing and decreasing. So if you want to go back further and, and look at that, it may be, you know, maybe then if there's hard evidence that they've been doing that for so long and that, that leads to it, because I, I can't really name any great running backs that they've they've had in the past. It's all just kind of been this, by committee type of deal here, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's interesting, but I, I, as far as Tom's punishment goes, two games. I mean, the rest of the guys in the equipment room or whatever, maybe they get fired, maybe they're you know, the scapegoat or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't care about it because they're they're a good football team. And if that was any anybody else that anybody else was rooting for, you'd be defending the same point and whatever. And if your team was winning. I wouldn't care. I especially wouldn't care if the Eagles had a Super Bowl and they were deflating football. Well, true enough. And and if those guys who are who did actually did the deflating, uh, my guess is if they're gone from the team, 
uh, at some point there's going to be a new Lexus in their driveway. I'm just guessing. <laughs> just <laughs> guessing. <laughs> We got to fire you, but here's this awesome gold Lexus. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. John, it's always a pleasure, bud. We'll be in touch. Thanks so much. You got it, Hoss. Thanks, <laughs> John Barcher checking in. BleedingGreenNation.com.